Hi folks, welcome to our Jet Setra podcast, episode 27. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons and I'm joined today as usual by our sports columnist Mike McIntyre and our uber uh, efficient uh, producer Jen Zarati. And we're all here in my office at 1355 Mountain. Good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, Mike, um, how you doing? How's, been, how's Jet's training camp summer edition been? Um, it's been different, I'd imagine, uh, than any other training camp that uh, you've covered. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what it's like to go out there to the Iceplex to cover uh, COVID nineteen training <laughs> camp. It does feel. Uh, Adam Lowry said the other day that it the first few days felt like the um, rookie development camp that he remembers coming to, like right after he got drafted in twenty eleven by the Jets. The rookie development camp they they usually do it at usually the first week or first two weeks of July with all the new draft picks and kind of the prospects, get them down to the iceplex, get them acclimatized to the city and all that and the organization. Uh, so this has that feel, but of course the stakes are a lot higher. These are not, you know, potential future prospects. These are bona fide NHL players who in less than two weeks time have to play uh, a playoff game, playoff series. In fact, one week from today, Steve, we have actual NHL action back on the ice. Uh, it's next Tuesday that the exhibition games it's will will start. Yes, oh, no, the Jets, Jets are Jets Thursday, are playing though. Wednesday. Wednesday, okay, yeah. Uh, but they are who are they playing? They are playing the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Uh, and I'm not sure how they determined who was going to play who. I laugh that Edmonton is playing Calgary. It's like they, they're trying to get them to kill each other, I guess, in an exhibition yeah. game, given earlier uh, Battle of Albertas this right. season. Yeah, I forgot about that. The There's Zach a little Cassian bit of bad blood. And, and, uh, what's and the Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see if they can keep those two guys away from each other. But, um, yeah, one week from now, uh, playoffs, uh, exhibition, and then, of course, in about 10 days from now, the playoffs begin uh, I've seen, you know, the, the Jets camp started Saturday, off. August the 1st for those right. people that 10 days from now, yeah. So the camp started off, first couple of days was just like watching a bunch of guys out for a skate. Like there was not a lot of pace or intensity to it, but there was a noticeable uptick towards the end of last week and certainly the start of this week. It feels more like... So they're doing the drills and all that, just like it would be normal yeah, at a normal it, training camp? They are. nothing different in that no, regard? I no, I mean, they've had the one scrimmage so far. Uh, I believe they may do another before this week is over. Interesting to look at how some other teams are doing their camps. Like there are teams that are going really heavy on scrimmages. The Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, they actually turned it into a best of five where they they actually are having the media in Toronto vote like on the three stars every game and then to pick the MVP. Like they're oh. treating it like it's an actual cool. series, whereas the Jets seem more intent on just you know, working on the basics. Yesterday was all about special teams, penalty kill, power play. Um, so yeah, it's like they pick an idea or two each day, and then let's focus on this. Um, so like a training. So uh, uh, who has has anybody jumped off the page for you, Mike? That yes. it's like wow, that guy's really skating like crazy. Josh Morrissey has jumped oh, yeah. off the page for me, and it's interesting. I asked him about, um, but just about how he looked the other day, and and he admitted that he thought that he was playing a little light earlier this season, both in in weight and just in his physicality. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I heard that criticism of Josh Morrissey a little bit during the year. In fact, back in December, when I interviewed Josh, Josh's dad as part of a, a feature that we ran over the Christmas holidays, sort of a longer read on Josh Morrissey, 
Um, there was some thought even from dad that maybe Josh is, he's not getting involved in the physical element the way that he used to. I didn't see to. him hit people and lay people out like the way he did previously. No, and he's, the year he's before, sneaky yeah. uh, physical. Yeah, like he he's got that guy, hip yeah. check and yeah. he can tilt a whirl, guys. Yeah. But he got hurt last year. Remember in the previous season where he got injured in February in Arizona, uh, ended up, I think, separating his shoulder on a hit. And... I think a lot of I'm people. I'm trying to remember what I had for dinner yesterday, Mike. Yeah, uh, well, that's the that that was when he got hurt, like the day before the trade deadline, when they added Kevin Hayes, and then but they were missing Morrissey, kind of going, and the wheels were coming off the team at the time. Bufflin was hurt as well, um, but I I wonder if that injury, you know, caused him to get a little gun shy, like. I mean, you, Steve, you've had injuries just working out and stuff. If you if you get hurt, you're probably a little reluctant to just go right back to doing the same thing that you got hurt by. So maybe, but if you're an athlete, you can't really afford that, right? Like that's your bread and butter. So he said he actually not bulked up, but he he's put on a little bit of muscle, not a little more him. strength, and and he's a lot more engaged, a lot more noticeable in these scrimmages. Now again, he's not trying to kill his teammates, but. Uh, so he's a guy, and if the Jets are going to have some success, I mean, Josh Morrissey's a, an important part of that blue line, right? How does Nikolai Ehlers look? Uh, uh, Jason is uh, yes. Jason Bell's out at the camp today. He's finally back from vacation. That guy. Um, <laughs> he's going on vacation again next week, hey, though. Do we give cost, him like? Is he always does he get on six vacation? months or six uh, weeks? He's one of these cottage people. Oh, yeah. I gotta go to the cottage. I gotta go. To, you got a cottage? I don't go to the. I, cottage, I don't. Right? I've been I mean? to Jay's cottage a couple weeks ago. We we <laughs> golfed at Granite Hills together. <laughs> then we went and had some appetizers at his cottage. He took me out for a boat ride, sure, which was of fun. Yeah, that's what they do. It's a beautiful they're, cottage. They're on they're on vacation all summer. These cottage people, right? Anyway, so he decided to come in from the cottage. Yeah. And, Cover some Jets training Give camp. me a day off. Nice yeah, of him. Nice of him. Yeah, very, very nice. nice I him. guess I owe him for that. <laughs> He's giving me a day off on Friday. I'm going to take I Friday see that, off. Yes. Now. Since the Jets aren't practicing on Friday, I'll go bike riding or something like that. Uh, maybe I'll find somebody who has a cottage. Yeah, you should maybe go to his cottage. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have no idea what we were talking about there. Oh, yeah. Ehlers. So he's going to do a story on Nikolai Ehlers. So how is Ehlers? Look, here's a guy, and, and it'll be in Jay's story tomorrow in our Wednesday edition of the Winnipeg Free Press, um, that, you know, has scored goals and is an electrifying player a lot of the time. And he's a really, really good player. But he's yet to score in the playoffs. Is that correct? The 0 for games? 22. 0 for 22 This is games. not a, yeah. I mean, not a tiny sample size. That's two playoff yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah. Of course, last year it was just the one round. But Still. But my even, goodness. Even in the year when they had really a good run, he didn't score. He, exactly. And that was the year he was playing with Paul Stasny and, and Patrick Laine. And we know right. Stasny... You know, paid off really well for the Jets. He had a great playoff. Now, Ehlers still drive even when he doesn't score. He still drives the play. He, he's an analytics darling. Yes, uh, they love him as far as him getting. I mean, he he always gets the puck into the. Uh, he's a zone, zone entry machine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, there's actually a stat now that they can track who the best zone entry guys in the league are. Nikolai Ehlers is like number one or number two. Yeah, he's, always. He's really up there. So, but it would be really great. Obviously, the the Jets are going to play this short series against the Flames. And if a guy can get hot, if you can get a guy who's hot, uh, man, remember when Shifley got hot in, in those series? 14 goals, I believe, yeah. and so, set a playoff record So they there. need a guy, they're going to need a couple of guys like that to just snipe, right? The thing with Ehlers is always his legs, right? And he said this pause has been, this is what he told us last week, that the pause has been great. Like he, his legs feel fresher than ever right now. And if, if Nikolai Ehlers can get his legs going. Yeah, you told me they didn't have any ice. Uh, no, in Denmark, they Denmark? did not. Yeah. So he's, he, I mean, they're fresh. He's, uh, he's raring to go. And 
probably feels like he's got a bit of a monkey on his back. We'll see if he can shed it. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setra podcast. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons, and I'm here with uh, our sports columnist Mike McIntyre, who's been out at the Jets summer training camp for the last uh, week and a bit. Uh, Mike, one thing that you wrote a column this week uh, about the secrecy that seems to be surrounding the um, the NHL training camps and and not just the Jets one. The Jets are known for their secrecy. Yes, um, as 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 we've mentioned many times, but this is not just a Jets thing in that they're not telling anybody uh, who play if players test positive for COVID, they're not saying who the players are they're they're giving a number of how many players have tested positive but they're being super secretive over who it is and i'm not sure why um other than just to be secretive um, which they like to do but have they given you any type of explanation as to why we can't know who's infected right. with covid so the players have, they don't even like when coaches disclose that they have a groin injury or a, a separated shoulder. So this is coming or from the players? It is absolutely yeah, okay. coming from the players. And when they were negotiating the return to play protocol a couple of weeks ago, this is apparently something, you know, Don Fear and the Players Association were pushing for. If we're going to come back and play, we want the the biggest blanket thrown over everything, not just COVID every possible injury so the unintended consequence that that and this is kind of the basis of my column like i'm not out here yelling that that everybody with covid should be forced to disclose it i mean i get that some may choose some guys have disclosed it austin matthews did uh jace howerlick a uh, um, roblin boy from from manitoba here who plays for ottawa he told our jay bell back in april that he had uh covid uh, Caleb Jones, defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers, just told media this week that he had previously had COVID. So some guys have disclosed. Other guys, I get that maybe they wouldn't want to. I, I don't get either why. Like, they're not pariahs if they get it. This is something that a lot of people have gotten COVID in North America. But to me, the biggest uh, issue with this policy of just using the term unfit to practice, and we're going to start to hear unfit to play, unfit to travel, is you're creating the illusion and you're, you're creating unnecessary speculation. Like Boston the other day had six guys not on the ice. They were all unfit to practice. Pittsburgh had nine guys that were all unfit to practice. That instantly created like buzz that, oh my God, there's been a huge outbreak of COVID. Yesterday, the NHL releases its numbers for the first week of training camp, two positive tests total in the whole league. So almost every one of these guys that was quote unfit to practice last week, like they just probably have a minor bump or bruise well, or whatever. I think some of it is though. I think I'm not sure though. Isn't some of it that potentially they were in contact with somebody. That was the issue with so the penguins. Then, yeah. Right. And so then they are then unfit to practice because they don't want to give it to the rest of the team. So for example, let's use Logan Stanley of the jets. He wasn't on the ice the first four days from what I've heard. He didn't have COVID. There wasn't even a concern that he had COVID. It's that he didn't get back in town in time, and he had to he had to do like the oh, quarantine the, the seven days. That, yeah. But why can't they just say that? Like, what? How would that have embarrassed <laughs> Logan Stanley to just say he's he's? I mean, we all know this is negotiated into the protocol. Just say that then. We're not making plans for D Day here, are we? Right. So. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> Pete DeBoer yesterday, uh, Vegas Golden Knights coach, he probably, as I wrote in my piece, I'm sure he got a call today from the NHL telling him never to do this again. Max Pacioretty, one of the star forwards for the Golden Knights, wasn't at practice yesterday. The media says, where's Max Pacioretty? Uh, Pete DeBoer says he's un- unfit to practice. But then he says, just FYI, he doesn't have COVID. It has nothing to do oh. with COVID. And everybody says, well, thank you very much. Yeah, right on. If I'm Max Pacioretty, I'm saying, thanks, coach. I appreciate the clarity. But that's a no-no. You're not supposed to do what Pete DeBoer did. I just don't understand it. It's just stupid. It's it's secrecy for the uh, okay. sake of secrecy. The other side of the coin, I guess, is do we need to know, really? I mean, it, I, I'm not sure that we need to know. Although there are some people... Um, on a bigger scale that feel that everybody that has COVID should be, we should be made aware of right. that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I, I probably would be closer to that camp than the yeah. secrecy camp for sure. I mean, I guess the problem is if, if you come out and say which, if you say that, you know, Anthony Botetto missed today was his ninth straight skate he missed. I mean, for all we know, he's got a pulled muscle. Or he has COVID. I mean, I don't know. Right. But if the Jets came out and said Anthony Botetto uh, is continuing to deal with a lower body injury, well, now they've ruled out COVID. And I guess the byproduct would be anybody they don't clarify, you would then make the assumption that, well, then they must have COVID because they haven't said anything. The NHL has just chosen to say nothing about anybody. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure coaches love this. They normally are the players talking about it, like in 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 their interviews. Now you're only doing Zoom interviews right. with all Can't of these pull guys, and it right. is tougher. So, That's definitely one of the. the is anybody are, are they talking about how they feel about um, uh, the bubble and um, the protocols, and are they, uh, you know. Like, are they worried that they're going to get COVID and die? Um, I mean, no. These are uber fit guys, they are. right? I mean, it, it, typically they would be really low risk to to die from COVID. Right. They, they, although there have been athletes and 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 some really really fit people um, get COVID and then they're still suffering lingering effects from it. Um, so I don't think it's something that I you mean, what take. do you think, Steve, two, two positive cases yesterday. I must admit that was a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. And a big part of that was because of this unfit to practice thing. I mean, I'm looking around the league, seeing like a few dozen guys, you know, if you added them all up in the 24 teams, there was probably 30 plus guys that at some point last week were unfit to practice. So you're thinking, my goodness, what's, what's Monday's update going right. to look like? And then it comes out and it says two. Yeah, none in the NBA, by the way. Yeah. None in yeah. their bubble. In their bubble, so yeah. So if they can, if the number is two in in a week where they're still allowed to be in the community, don't forget they're holding camps in places like Florida, Texas, Arizona, Nevada, like where COVID where is everywhere. Where are these guys going? Like, so a guy that's in the bubble and he's it's a, he's a training camp in Florida. Right, and they're not in a bubble yet. They're, they're not in a bubble no, yet? No, there's so they, no they're quarantine. They're out in the community they're allowed, So like for instance, the Jets this week, um, Are they, they allowed to go to the restaurant? They've been golfing. They've, oh, they've been, been out golfing. at Southwood. The Jets oh, yeah. have been... Um, uh, now, they have been told to really restrict where they're going, like between the rink and home. Like and, like and in if, what way? Well, don't go to... Ra- we prefer you not go to restaurants, but they're okay. not banned from doing that. All right. They will be, of course, once they get to the bubble in Edmonton. The fact is, though... Most of the time they go for restaurants, these guys, they have a private room anyway. They do. Just so, yeah, um, but so there. the fact that, that these guys still have 
most of their normal freedoms and that we've only had two infections. It, I think it's a really good sign now as we go into the bubble, which is going to be way more restrictive. Uh, and as you say, Steve, I mean, the NBA with zero. I mean, that's so the all ideal. these guys goal. that are coming from Florida, they're going to Toronto. Right. Um, a week uh, early. So people from Dow- Texas, though, are coming to Edmonton, right? Yes. Um, and they'll all be tested and everything yep. before they so go they're going to the be bubble? So yeah. they're, they are only going to be allowed to travel right. if they can complete three uh, can have three negative COVID tests. In Texas. Let's use Texas. Right. Exactly. Example, yeah. So they're leaving Sunday. So this week is critical because if you're a player and you fail a COVID test this week, you're going to get left behind. Right. You're not on that charter on Sunday going to Edmonton or Toronto. Everybody's going there Sunday? Everybody's going there Sunday. All the teams? All 24 teams, 12 in each city. There will be a mass arrival happening at the airport. I'm sure they're staggering their flight times. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Not all on one bus. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Dumping fuel to, uh, will they wait to land? But yeah, I mean, this week week is key but if they keep the numbers low every indication is that once they get to the bubble uh they'll absolutely be able to control it so i i don't get the sense that there's an overriding fear of players i think blake wheeler just to to close up here said it best yesterday he said i'm not worried about me i'm worried more about my wife and our young kids like she's got to now i'm not going to be home to help i've been home the last four months to help around the house it's going to be tougher maybe on the families and the children who aren't going to see you know dad or husband for a couple months potentially uh, okay folks we're back for the third period of our jet cetera podcast that's the cetera part of our jet cetera uh, Mike, a news uh, yesterday here in Winnipeg, Premier Brian Pallister made a, I'm going to call it odd pledge <laughs> yes. uh, of $2.5 million to the CFL or to the support the idea that Winnipeg would be a hub city if the CFL uh, plays again. Um is that a pledge or a bribe? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's an incentive. Incentive. Yeah, yeah, Let's call a, it an incentive. A, is that what they call it? Like I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm. They're dangling a carrot dangling. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, it seems odd only in that there's so many other things that the CFL needs to um, do. <laughs> uh, 2.5 million dollars doesn't really solve any of those issues. Um, and, I, and I don't have enough time. We don't have really have enough time in this podcast to go through all the things that the CFL needs to do. But Jeff I'll, Hamilton did a good job in his he, column he, today he did, summarizing. Yeah, sure. I mean, the big one to me, the huge red flag is that these guys aren't going to be tested like once they get here, right? I mean, they'll be tested once and then they're kind of going to be left to their own devices to police themselves. I can't, I just don't, you know, it's surprising. Rusin, Dr. Brent Rusin yeah, was, would asked, sign off on was asked by Jeff uh, actually yesterday during a, a media conference and, and uh, yeah, they, they didn't seem overly concerned. I, I was, I wasn't crazy about the, the response he gave. I've been very supportive of his, his plan, by the way, I, I, I believe that we've done a really, yes. really great job here in Manitoba dealing with COVID obviously. Um, but the idea of uh, allowing a bunch of, um, sorry, American American uh, football players, hundreds, hundreds from all different places in America, coming here to play football without any kind of testing is just uh, shocking. Uh, listen, I'm not for America. Frankly, I, I think we should keep all Americans bloody hell out of this country <laughs> right now. The way that they're behaving down there. It's been a strange week for announcements. On Monday, you have the the province kind of rolling out the welcome mat for the CFL. And then t- 
today, Tuesday, uh, we hear that phase four here in Manitoba is is moving at, at a rapid pace. It may come as early as this weekend, apparently. And Steve, you talk about keeping Americans out. Well, what about Southern Ontarians and Quebecers? Is that how you, is that how we say it? Quebecois? <laughs> I don't know. A Southern Ontarian. <laughs> People Southern, from Quebec. Right. Uh, <laughs> but they're now considering, in addition to like opening casinos and movie theaters and dropping uh, occupancy restrictions on all stores, I mean, all kinds of things, indoor gatherings expanded, outdoor gatherings, 250 people, I mean, basically go crazy with your weddings now, I guess. Yeah, they're going to open movie theaters too, but I guess. But do we want 50%. people from Southern Ontario and Quebec coming here as early as Sunday without quarantine? Like that's... Uh, well, my sister wants to come to visit. I was telling you this. She yeah. lives in Toronto. She's a police officer in Toronto and she really wants to come to Manitoba for a week and was hoping that this would happen. So she'll be happy yeah. to hear that. Um, but it does. Uh, seem, my answer is no. Yeah. I told her to keep your germs there. What if we had um, 20, 29, we, we had 13 days in a row without a case earlier this month to start the month of July, right? right? Like July 13th, we were thinking, hey, COVID's done in Manitoba. We were one day away from having zero cases. We were down to one. And now we have what? 29? 20, 29 active cases. Yeah, right. Like now there's been outbreaks at a, I think three Hutterite colonies right. and these, but again, most of these are being linked to travel, right? Somebody came in from Manila the other day on a plane and someone from Calgary on a plane. And I know the Hutterite colonies are being linked, I think, to a funeral that was held in Alberta. Yeah, I was, you know, I read a story in the Globe and Mail this morning about, about the spike in numbers in in Alberta and 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 how BC feels fears yeah. that they're that they're starting to get a second wave uh, coming here and um, it, uh, my concern all along here over the last few weeks and even and I and I watch my own behavior when it comes to this is that I start to take for granted that COVID's gone like the you know that the pandemic is over and the, the reality is in, in my opinion anyways and for what I the, the pandemic is not over i mean take a look around the world it's it's hardly over and so it's really not um, over till there's a vaccine well likely. yeah and, and so i mean we've been really really lucky here you know i feel blessed to to live in manitoba for one of the first times yeah. in a long time <laughs> um you know and, and for good reason and all that but i i just i just hope that I just feel that people are being far too complacent right. here and maybe taking for granted that this isn't, it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. Now back to the, the bombers and the original topic here. Did you see Steve that um, Saskatchewan uh, later in the day, Monday, they actually announced a bigger financial incentive. Oh, I didn't see I that. I believe no. now it's something like three and a half or 4 million. They basically said, we'll see your two and a half million Manitoba and raise you and raise you. Uh, that's if Regina could be a hub city. Now, oh, we got it. We had this happen. We're taking Jason calls Bell. again. It's oh, it Jason is Jason Bell. It is Jason Bell. Jason, nobody loves to Should use I the phone more than Jason. Hey, you're back from vacation. <laughs> it's ear- a funny story. Whenever my boss, Paul Simin, is in here, chat, he comes in every day and chats. Yeah. But so often, Jason Bell will phone. Like it's the oddest thing, and, we're, and, and it's like he's watching or something. Right? He knows he probably. Anyways, he, Jay, he, sorry I couldn't answer. His we're ears were probably burning because we were kind of burning them a little yeah, earlier we were, today. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so now Manitoba may actually have some competition from our neighbors to the west. 
Uh, and I know a lot of Manitobans are saying, you know what? We'll let Regina have this one. Like, go ahead, Regina. Yeah. You guys take the yeah, hub yeah, then. You take it, yeah. Um, but I guess, Steve, like, this is all going to happen. It's, it has to happen quickly if it's going to happen, right? Jeff, For the CFL? Well, Jeff wrote that there's oh a self-imposed God, yeah. deadline, but I guess deadlines are made to be broken. I'm not exactly sure what, you know, Thursday, why they've continued to um, hold this, hold out hope here. I, th- I You know, I guess we're all... Everybody's holding out hope that COVID maybe will go away, I right. guess, or something. Do you know what I mean? And maybe we're wake up and it was just a bad dream or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, right. it's not though, you know. And so I, I just maybe they're hoping things change and they can have fans in the stands or and all of that's legitimate, I guess. Sure. Because we don't know what's going to happen with well, COVID. Pallister but. yesterday, Brian Pallister made another comment about. Like the CFL, they better decide quick on this because if they don't, we're going to move on and look at attracting some other big sporting events. And I have no idea what he's talking what? about. What? Really? Like yeah. What? what? What other big sporting <laughs> events are the... I don't know why. why are we why bringing we, the Blue Jays here? Why do we need to attract the Blue Jays any of home. this right now? Right. Like I think that we should just kind of maybe get our own house in order. Is a saying that that I've always liked. Like just like, for like, sure. Let's make sure everything is okay here first. And I think as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, like our house is still a little untidy. Like yeah. we we there's still some pockets that we yeah. need to take care of. It's not over. Um, just let me ask you this though, as a sports editor of of a newspaper. Wouldn't it be kind of cool just from a, uh, a a content perspective to have the entire CFL in this city? Like, what would that mean? Yeah, for, listen, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I was telling that I was sitting down outside yesterday chatting with Melissa Martin and uh, we were having a conversation about the sports world. And and then and uh, I covered the same storylines for a long time. <laughs> I've been doing this since 1987. Yeah. Right. And and so it was getting kind of stale at times or whatever. And then the bombers won the great cup and that was a new storyline. So that was kind of cool. And then, and then, Oh my God, it was going to be like another round of NHL playoffs. Like, Oh my, like how many more do I, of these do I want to see? Right. And then you know, 2020 and then, happened. And then 2020 happened. And we got all these new storylines right. for sports. It's been very, very interesting as a journalist. A COVID has been, you know, extremely interesting for sure. Um, and certainly the sports world here as we're right now and over the next, I think, four or five years yes. at least is going to be a really, really cool story. Uh, you know, I, I don't, everything is unique. So I don't, right. yeah. So if the CFL was here, all of it was here. Yeah, it'd be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Especially going into even 2022, the Olympics. I mean, what are those going to look like? Are we even going to have an Olympic? Well, 2021, right? We've already pushed the Summer Olympics back a year, the Winter Olympics in 2022. So you're right. I mean, we're still, it's very much a work in progress. That's one of the reasons I'm very excited to go to Edmonton later this week and the hub just to see what that's all about. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setter podcast. Mike, you mentioned it just at the end of the third period there that you're excited to go to Edmonton. So um, Edmonton, just for those yeah. who uh, are tuning in for the first time, is going to be the hub city for the Western Conference NHL playoffs. And our Mike McIntyre is going there to cover the Jets, uh, uh, the rest of their training camp, and then their elimination round series against the Calgary Flames, which starts August the 1st, 9.30 p.m. Yes. Central Time on Sportsnet. 
Uh, and bad. CBC that night. Oh, CBC as Sportsnet well. Sportsnet and oh, CBC okay. the first night, Sportsnet the rest of the I'm way. I'm going to write that down because I have had a number of calls yes. from people and emails of people asking me about that. I'm going to put that in my playbook, uh, by the way, for tomorrow. So, yeah, so you're driving there. Yes. Which rent, did you get a car? Are you I gonna, did. What I'm kind of car picking did you get? it up tomorrow. Just a, a, a regular, I haven't got it yet. A regular car. A regular, like a midsize. <laughs> like a four wheels. Yeah, four wheels. <laughs> not a tricycle, not a moped. Um, I I, don't, I actually don't know what kind of car I'm getting. I didn't get anything fancy. Trying to keep the cost down, I know. <laughs> Good for you. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a wise decision. I mean, we've already had, what, a couple alerts just this last week alone about flying yeah, and covid I so i i think driving is is the better play um of course don't know exactly how long i'm going to be there for so it'll be nice to have a car uh, potentially and i'm not staying right downtown i'm actually staying just a few miles away again figured i mean we we're going to be monitored very carefully uh in the arenas when we get there like we're not we're not in the player bubble but so what happens so you're gonna drive from your hotel you're gonna go to the game yep you're gonna get There's to also the gonna rink different rinks where they're having okay, practices so let's say you as well. arrive at the rink you park your car you get out what's gonna happen do you know so my understanding and they're actually doing a news conference on thursday this week where they're gonna like lay it all out or explicitly on how it's gonna work but my understanding is um, they're, they are still working on whether or not we're actually going to have to get the swab up our nose, oh, like yeah. as media, we're for sure getting temperature checks. Um, and of course, you know, if there's, there's going to be a threshold, if you're over whatever degrees, you're not allowed into the building. We will, they're really limiting the numbers inside Rogers uh, place. Um, but we will be able to sit in the otherwise cavernous empty arena while these playoff games are going on and report on them, you know, live in person. What's interesting, Steve, is the the radio crews, including here 1290, like Paul Edmonds and company, they are not calling the games from the rinks. They're going to be calling the games from a studio here in Winnipeg. They, they're not allowing radio crews inside the building for all these teams. So they're calling it off a monitor here in Winnipeg, believe it or not, uh, which I thought was sort of an interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's different. Oh, they're they're doing that for soccer, aren't they? Uh, yes, and I believe soccer, isn't yeah. MLB. What weren't they talking about remote broadcast yeah, as opposed I think to? So, yeah, yeah. So again, I think they're just but trying the to Sportsnet crew and CBC. Chris Cuthbert, who yes. came over from TSN, he'll He's make his be debut. Doing series. Who's doing the color for them? For, uh, uh, Louis DeBrusque. Louis DeBrusque. So they'll they'll be in the. They rink. are in. They're in the rink, and they are like in the bubble. They're they're part like they're in there. Oh from yeah, they're start in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. So well, you're not in the bubble. No, we're yeah. in it like a. I would almost call it a secondary bubble. Like, uh, and and that's why. So when I'm there, I mean, I'm going to. I, I've rented a hotel that has a kitchen. I'm going to actually buy groceries and make food a lot of the time. Like I don't want to be going into a lot of restaurants and cause I don't want to get COVID while I'm there. That'd be the worst thing that happens right now. I can't get into the rink. I also, I mean, Jay Bell would have to leave his cottage and come. And he would, <laughs> but then, and, and where am I going? Am I rushing home with COVID to infect the rest of my, I mean, then I'm just in limbo, yeah, yeah. right? I got you. I'd probably go stay in a, in a Winnipeg hotel for two weeks and do my quarantine. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be very careful and that's one of the storylines I'll obviously be writing about what it all looks like and what the experience is. And, and obviously the news side, there's a news element to all this as well. Like, I mean, what is, how's it going to work? If we're seeing a resurgence of numbers in Alberta, is that a concern? 
the testing, I think, is an ongoing issue. We know these players are going to get tested yeah, it's all every good. day. It's so a, there's a lot, a, a lot of ground to cover in addition to just stories. the hockey games. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be an interesting experience for sure. Looking forward to it. And uh, I'll get there on Friday and the Jets will get there Sunday. Have a big preview in this Saturday's paper, kind of teeing it all up. All right, Mike. Well, you stay drive safe. Yes, and I'll be doing foot. the podcast. So we'll do this next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, you'll be somewhere in Edmonton. In Edmonton. Or we can, or and then, then we'll be one night away from the Jets' uh, preseason game and, Fair of enough. course, a few nights away from the start of the playoffs. Wow, so. that's exciting stuff. Yes. We'll, uh, maybe we'll have <laughs> hockey. Hockey. Real <laughs> hockey, yes. Uh, enjoy the week, folks. Okay. Take care. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>